are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 143 for the week of April 21st, 2014. Welcome back, everybody, to the award-winning, longest-running podcast dedicated to George R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and, at this current moment, A Game of Thrones. As always, this is Amin. And this is Kyle. It's just us two guys again, Amin. Oh, but wait. (laughs) We have a couple guests with us today. Uh, We have Michael and we have Katie with us here today. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. Excellent. And you've both been on the podcast before, right? Yeah. Uh, Once or twice. Oh, (laughs) nice. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. It's good to have you. It's nice to have some variety. Me and I get so sick of talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) We have to share these refreshments with people. We're going to put on weight eating all these lemon cakes. (laughs) I hate lemon cakes. No. (laughs) Um, We know how you feel about lemon cakes, Kyle. No, it wasn't me. It was was my friend. Uh Uh-huh. I know no one believes that, but um, why don't we jump right into it, guys? Let's just let's just barge right into this one. We are reviewing Breaker of Chains today, episode three of season four. Wow, it's episode three already! My God. So let's start with our lemon cake ratings. Well, I gave it uh, 3.5 out of 5. I thought it had a lot of good scenes in there, but it also had problems. And actually, unlike the other two episodes, it got weaker on the second view, where the other ones had got stronger. So, But still had a lot of good stuff in there. Nice. Katie? Um, I'll give it a 4.5. I really, really liked it. I thought it was surprisingly funny. Um, and I did not like last week's episode, so I thought this was actually a nice upswing. Fantastic. And Michael? I'm usually just really mean about Game of Thrones episodes, but um, <laughs> but uh, I think this one, as a Game of Thrones episode, so you know, reserving my right to be mean about things later, uh, probably three point five or so. It was uh, it was probably a little bit better, I think, than average. And I'll go with uh, I'll go with a solid three on this one. You guys all know I'm a tight ass when it comes to lemon cakes, <laughs> but um, I think it was on par with uh, everything else so far this season, the overall episode. So. I think I've been given about three, three point five along the board, so I'm gonna go with three on this one. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff to debate, lots of nice moments. I found myself a bit teary-eyed at parts. I found myself mm. flipping tables at other parts. I found myself scratching my head, confused. I found myself going yes and rooting for people. So it was all over the place. And uh, let's get right into it. Oh, before we start, Mimi couldn't be here today. I know a lot of you wanted to hear Mimi's reactions on this episode, but let me give you her quick lemon cake rating. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Lemon cakes. This shit is sucks. This shit is terrible. <laughs> it's bowl of brown then, probably. <laughs> There's Mimi's review for you guys. <laughs> but um, let's jump right into it. Let's start off with Sansa's escape. She uh, gets taken off by Dantos, and they get out onto the boat, and then all of a sudden it's nighttime. Uh, they're at the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> the, the, the boat. Eclipse came. <laughs> the Eclipse That's came. That's how they the planned blood, their escape. The blood moon showed up. Yeah, they caught it pretty close, actually. Like If you look at this scene, they were like just leaving as they were calling them, so they barely got away. Mm. Yeah. Did anyone think that Littlefinger looked like he was going to eat Sansa's face the whole time? <laughs> he was a face stealer. Littlefinger is a close talker. He's really yeah. excited to see her. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of like, when she was going It's like, oh my god. <laughs> but, um... His, I don't know, his performance has always bothered me a little. Just He likes to enunciate very thickly, right in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And um, did he change his accent, or is it the same accent he's always had? Some, I, I, I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I heard somebody complaining about that, but I never noticed it. So. Yeah. But it was nice to see Littlefinger um, uh, in the middle of a plot, of mm. a scheme of mystery and intrigue. I mean, that's the Littlefinger we all love, I believe. And to see... Uh, <clears throat> and uh, the, he, We've always such a, had a problem with him, because always kind of telling what his plans are, and everybody knows, and everybody's kind of getting the upper hand on him. But here he kind of pulls the uh, wool over the viewer's eyes for a second. It's like, oh my god, he's involved in this? Oh, that's awesome. And it was kind of a harken back to the to the Littlefinger that we, that we all know from the books. Well, it's nice to see that Sansa was emotional or she had some sort of reaction after just seeing her being very catatonic for a season and a half it was like i forgot that she could emote properly i thought it was good on both their parts it was nice to see her outside of the castle for once or outside of the king's landing Mm -hmm. yeah i like the sansa scene i was just gonna say generally speaking i like the sansa scene i like baelish and i like sansa it kind of surprised there's a nitpick the blocking surprised me a little bit because Dantos, you can see um, right at the right at the top of it, Dantos takes Sansa and he runs around the wedding crowd, right. so, like <laughs> the opposite direction away from everybody. He runs like almost through the crowd of people, and I'm like, "Ha! Ah, everybody's gonna see you if you do that." But uh, it was so quick that it's easy to kind of overlook that little little quip. Uh, quip. That's not the right. Um, yeah, so it was cool. So we get a bit of the the story about um, the necklace. They start revealing the necklace is a fake. It's um, made out of rock candy, apparently. Poisonous <laughs> <laughs> rock candy. <laughs> I was wondering what back then. I, I assume it was glass. Yeah, that's what I assume too. Glass or crystal or whatever. Okay, nice. But we don't get the full mystery. So we're is still- it glass? Is it like glass and the poison is inside, or is it like the thing itself was poison and it? Dissolves? I always figured that there was just. Well, I mean, I guess I don't know necessarily what the show decided to do, but um, I mean, like, were, were all six like all, all those pieces poison, or only one of them? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. obviously, Sansa. It's not like a candy necklace, and Sansa's going to start licking it or something. That would be disastrous. <laughs> but it, it seems yeah, like I it would fi- take a long. I'm I figured nitpicking. just one of them was poison, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Same here. Just one. Just one. Um, Dantos doesn't make it. <laughs> Gone. And uh, we have a little insert shot, or we have a little kind of uh, just a little sort of offhand thing that I that I don't think um, that I think will play a part um, is when he brushes off the broken necklace and it all falls onto Dantos' body. There's a little thing, mm-hmm. but I feel I feel like um, they're going to find Dantos' body, and they're going to find the necklace, and they're going to know it was the one Sansa was wearing, and that's just going to incriminate her more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they didn't burn his body, right? So they left him behind. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think they were all they were all poison because they're all they would look the same, right? It wouldn't really make sense to have two different things. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um. So then we move on to the second scene with Marjorie and the Queen of Thorns. Marjorie's a little depressed. Another husband's dead. <laughs> kind of that that bittersweet moment Marjorie's having. And uh, the Queen of Thorns is consoling her. So, telling her that she's in a better position now and that the next man she marries. Um, it seems like Marjorie's kind of clueless about the whole thing. And she's more kind-hearted than I thought she would be. Yeah, from the books, I guess I always pictured her as more of a kind of a cold, cunning individual. But she she seems a, a little sad, and I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, book or show Marjorie seems to be a little sweeter, a little uh, more innocent, I guess. I mean, she's still not, you know, innocent, but... 
Uh, I think more so than Book Marjorie. For a while, they were playing her more devious, though. But for the yeah, exactly. Moment. And then yeah. suddenly, yeah, I, don't, I, it's, I guess it's sort of jarring. I'm not sure. I she guess can she... be. No, she can be cunning without being bloodthirsty, though. I think mm. that's the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just thinking that I was just kind of surprised that she didn't. She had no idea about the plot, right? You would think that that was something that they wanted her to know to be able to make sure that she wasn't that she didn't do anything wrong like yeah. wasn't didn't wind up holding the cup at the <laughs> at the wrong time or something like that right <laughs> very true you'd think that they would have uh, warned her about you know blocking and things like that <laughs> <laughs> or doesn't drink from it herself right oh yeah absolutely that's true yeah but the queen of thorns is so like blasé about it she's like oh well we gotta and she, she's the one who put it in there too she's like, yeah. have a new husband now it'll be a lot easier to manage Remind me, guys, in the books, are we led to believe that Marjorie is in on it? No. Mm, I mean, I don't know that we're led to believe that, but um, I, I don't think that we're discouraged. I mean, I don't think that we're that it's indicated that she's not, as far as I remember. I took her crying after Joffrey dies to be pretty genuine. Like, she's sobbing at the wedding, like, freaked out that he's just dropped dead in front of her. Hmm. Interesting. Queen of Thorns has almost viper-like abilities of the poison. Then, like, getting it in, like <laughs> she knows what's going on. So, yeah. it's, so, so it's a joint thing between Littlefinger and the Queen of Thorns. Yes. Yeah. Dun dun dun. <laughs> all, all, all signs point to Sansa. Nice. So then we get a little backstory about the Queen of Thorns and her hus- her dead husband, and everything. Um, we move on to uh, Tommen and Tywin. And Cersei. And Cersei, yeah, but she doesn't do anything until the second half of this. <laughs> no, part, so. I thought this scene was all about Cersei, actually. Oh, was... okay. First, I want to say I was super excited that they put the googly eyes on Joffrey. Super distracting. I'm going to have those Joffrey eyes. <laughs> no, I thought this scene was all about Cersei, even though Tywin is the person who is droning, because the camera kept cutting back to her face, and I thought, like, to me, this is probably one of the most evil things that Tywin has ever done. I mean, okay, besides murdering stuff, but I feel like this is him flexing a different kind of evil muscle in that mm. they're, he's literally standing over his dead grandson. Cersei tells him now is not the place. He completely ignores her, and from there... Her face is just so anguished because, she one, he's being completely disrespectful, and two, he is very subtly wrestling Tommen away from her and pulling him under his wing. And that's what that whole dialogue is about, is like, you should listen to your counselors, like, Reed, you should listen to me, and here I'm going to take you away from your mother. And she realizes that, and... It's horrible. She's lost one son who's dead on the table in front of her, and now she's losing another son, and there's nothing she can do about it. So I thought I thought she did a fantastic job. Her face was just anguished without being able to show anguish. Hmm. See, the whole... See, I thought this entire time, like, on the surface it looks like Tywin was schooling Tommen, but in reality I got the impression that Tywin was schooling Cersei. And the fact that here's how you raise a child that's going to be king. Here's what you should have done with the first one. Here's the lessons you should have taught him. This is what you should have done. He's like, I gave you this wonderful opportunity. I set up this whole arrangement to marry you and get you to be queen of this kingdom. And you just raise your kid to be this whiny, sadistic little brat or whatever. He's like, this this is what you got to do. This is what you should have done. Right? It's, it's so fucking cruel, though. I mean, he's, if Joffrey's dead on the table... 
I think she's completely right. Now is not the time and place, but like you said, he's trying to school both of them, and it's yeah. a cruel, unwelcome lesson. Mm. He's very practical about. It. I mean, at the at the actual death, he's all crazy. He's like closing the gates, and he's mad. But even by now, he's seen like there's some benefit to this actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he knows that Joffrey deserves no respect anyway. So. He just jibes it. He's like, if he had been like, if he'd been a better king, maybe he'd be alive. But it's probably mm. true. So. So with, so Tommen says about four words. And I already want him to be king. <laughs> the, the casting is is bad in the fact that uh, I want Tommen to be king, and he's not this scrobbly little kid that plays with cats. And I'm like, oh my god, we're all in trouble. Um, the kid who they cast and the job he did, I was like, yeah, I'm all for this. <laughs> well, a king does need his counselors. One person can't just rule like a whole kingdom properly. Mm-hmm. You have to rely on good counselors. Yeah. Or Tywin. <laughs> I feel like receiving the sex talk from Tywin might be the most traumatic incident of that boy's like, life. We'll have a demonstration here. We got the. Fun- <laughs> I have this secret passage to a whorehouse. I can yeah. get plenty of demonstrations. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, uh, this scene was great, and I thought this this whole episode had a really strong opening. It was only until the next scene that it fell apart. Yeah. Well, let's get right to it then, guys. Let's let's go to the, the elephant in the room here, Jamie and Cersei, and the rape scene. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who had a screener who knew about this scene beforehand and texted me and was like, hey, heads up, something upsetting happens next episode. And I was like, oh, what, could someone die? And she's like, no, Jamie raped Cersei. And for the next <laughs> the next night, I was just, oh, it was really depressing. I was like, I don't want to watch the episode. I might be done with the show. How could they do this? No, how could they? And I guess I was prepped for it, so it didn't shock me as much, but it's like just... What were they thinking in that obvious, I mean, I've read the review from the, not the review, the interview with the director, and clearly that was not his intention for it to come off as non-consensual, but I don't know how you could read it any other way and how it, how anyone could root for Jamie anymore after this, especially if you're just a strictly show watcher. Yeah, and to see the writers did seem to like say they wanted it to be rape. Well, then why didn't they tell the director that? Like, even if like there's a disconnect there, it's not very efficient, right? To have the director think one thing and the mm-hmm. writers another. Well, I think yeah. they were all on the same page of what they wanted to do, how they wanted it to to be be very well, much the like direct, in the books. The director where it's says, like, "Go ahead." Where where you're like, "Oh no no no," but yes yes, it turns into yes yes yes. Oh, the books are way more closer to consensual than this is. Well, mm-hmm. the books are way more clear. Yes. Like, just Jamie saying, I don't care three times in a row was like, oh, that's like the classic line. I yeah. don't care. That was just like, I, I know there's interpretations <laughs> well, of it, but it's just completely different from the books, which is, and not to say that a show can't have a rape scene, but you have to think, what's the purpose of the rape scene? What do we get out of it? And it doesn't seem to be improving. The but show. I, I wish Hall was here because she said something very smart about this, which is that if you have like a main character who is on a... A basically a redemption path, and I know there's a lot of people who would argue that Jamie is not a redemption, a character on a redemption story, but for a lot of people he is. And then you have him rape his sister. That's in the interest of like, like I could see people thinking, oh well, that makes his character more gray. And it's like, no, that makes his character irredeemable. That yeah. like, period. There is no coming back from that. And it, that's where you take your writing and it steers clearly into just immorality and like, no, you have done a dumb thing to a very good character that a lot of people won't be able to forgive you for. And I wonder, like, part of me at the time, like, I spent way too much time thinking about that. I'm like, man, if I've been wrong about Jamie all this time, if I've been apologetic for a character who really doesn't deserve it. And I went back and read his sex scenes with Cersei in the book and they have a really 
power-based dynamic where there's always a line between it starts out non-consensual, but it always veers into consent. And the scene with Joffrey, it's such an outpouring of grief and release and anguish over the fact that he's been gone for almost a year. And in this, this is coming straight off that scene two episodes ago where he was angrily complaining that she was not having sex with him. And then this episode, he gets mad when she... Like, that's what I felt like. It's like he was retaliating because she pulled away. And this was something, like, only about anger. Mm. Yeah, the connotations behind it were really bad. And it's just like, do they know that? Or do they just miss it? And it's in there? But I mean, I feel like that Jamie in general is, is they've done things with his character before. Like when he killed his cousin, I thought that was another change from what Jamie would have done. But this is a bigger, way bigger change, obviously. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of that because um, specifically in this scene, uh, Cersei wants Jamie to kill Tyrion. It's like, no, he's family, he's brother. Can't do that. And what you just said with the cousin, yeah. Although just... I mean, the cousin was a far further relative than Tyrion, mm-hmm. but still, I, even at that point, I, I had a problem with it. But this, I mean, there's been a lot written on it that says it better than I can say. I'm just saying that yeah. there's been a lot of discussion. And the problem is, why is all the discussion on this, where the scene should have been focused on the fact they're having sex beside a dead body, and the dead body is not even like <laughs> yeah. relevant to the discussion <laughs> anymore? So they completely bungled it that way, yeah. right? Well, I mean, they they kept the body in uh, quite a bit of the shots. Yeah, but like nobody's talking about it. It's not, they're like, oh my god, they did yeah, that. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Yeah. <laughs> cares about the body. <laughs> George responded to it too, which I yeah. thought was like, shocking that he would even bother. It's unusual, certainly. Yeah. Well, he yeah. just wanted to distance himself from it. But I feel like, well, I mean, I guess that's that's the thing, his thing to do. But maybe, maybe he shouldn't respond to every single controversy. But, but mm-hmm. the fact that he, like, I just in terms of practicality, if I was his lawyer, I'd be like, George, just don't even say anything. Just don't comment. <laughs> but I, I think he just felt he wanted to dis- distance himself because he's like, we didn't discuss it to the best of my recollection. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I got, the, I got the impression from George's thing that he was, um, and obviously I, I can't speak for him, obviously. But um, it, it felt to me like he didn't, he didn't like it, but that he uh far as business wise you know smart business decisions um he had to support the creators and say this is uh, i can i can understand how they would need to change things because it's at a the characters are a different point in the storyline and uh it felt very tiptoey to me yeah yeah i feel um, he had a good point though where i don't think jamie i don't think book jamie would okay maybe i'll take that statement back i would like to think that book jamie would not rape cersei i'm actually reconsidering that position because I think he might, but show Jamie, I I think he probably would, and I think that was the clarifying point for George is these are two different characters that you have to consider. But overall though, you don't want you don't want either Jamie to do that because you don't want a good a character that is becoming more likable to do something like that, I guess. Hmm. But let's not forget that the director this episode was filmed with the idea that it wasn't a hundred percent rape, and just g- giving rape a percentage just felt really terrible yeah. with me saying yeah. that. Yeah. But the director, um, it seems like the director and the writers or whatnot went into this scene and and felt it after the editing this scene that um, that it wasn't rape. Uh, well, I think yeah. that's the disconnect. The director thought it wasn't rape, but the writers p- did. Wait, yeah, I mean, I've read those. Thought so? There's an excerpt that, that seems to say so, yeah. Let's see. He didn't actually say the word rape, but the, the way they were describing it was different from the director. The director says it becomes consensual, and then the, the writer said, uh, here, 
This is this is this is what David Benioff said, anyways. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me something. But <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's saying no. He's forcing himself on her. It's a really uncomfortable scene to to to, to shoot. Like he doesn't say anything about like then it becomes consensual. It just the way he describes it is pretty much oh wow, was, uh, rape scenes are hard to to shoot. <laughs> no, I, I think I think the tricky part comes in because it was being directed in a way where Cersei go, uh, Jamie pu- pushes herself on her. And I think the director wanted to portray that she eventually is like, yes, this is what I want. Yeah, that's what the um, director wanted to do. And but I'm I just saying the writer. So, so that um, what they should have done is, is had a line where Cersei clearly changes her mind. Yeah. But instead, they they did very very minute blocking, where you know, uh, Cersei um, she rips his clothes a little bit a little bit off, and she's she's got one hand that is just uh, sort of bra- uh, bracing, like not pushing him off or whatnot. Yeah, and I think the I, mean, dire- that- I think the director thought that was enough, where it is clearly not yeah. enough. Yeah, I mean it's it's I don't know it's hard for me to understand how he could have thought that that was enough. I mean, those those little tiny blocking changes are uh, super ambiguous. Like all of them could mean you know the exact opposite of of what we're saying. And I I just I yeah I really don't understand how if they weren't going to add a line they they decided not to do anything to indicate that she was you know taking control of the encounter in any way at all. Like you know flip positions with her on top or anything like that. Very, yeah, I mean, e- either they wanted to make him a rapist, which we have a problem with, or they did yeah. a poor job of showing the scene, which is a still really, bad. really bad so, job. Yeah. yeah, I just think that I'm going to have to erase the scene from memory. <laughs> like, if I'm going to have any sort of enjoyment of the show or any scenes with Jamie in them from here on, it's like I'm just going to pretend that this was a bad, a bad decision on the part of the creators and just. Kind of like a lot of stuff that Danny did in season two. Like, let's just forget that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel there's part of me that feels really uncomfortable saying that, in that the conversation around it is important and shouldn't be ignored. But I feel like, and those previews can't be trusted, but I have the suspicion that this is a scene that is just going to disappear from the characters' memories and nothing is going to come of it. Well, I don't know if I'd go with disappears. I think they're they direct they're going to be directing the subsequent episodes as if she was into it. Well, that's the question. Is it, it, yeah, is, is it going to be I over, see. or is she going to try to seduce him now in the tower? So we'll see what they plan. Yeah, it's just her her reaction. Um, we're all going to go into the next episode being like, "Oh my God, Cersei! She needs to get him out of there, and 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 she needs to distance herself and everything." And but we're going to go into this episode where Cersei's like, "Woo, that was good," like, <laughs> oh, and we're all going to be like, "What the fuck? Yeah, y- you just got raped by your brother. That's not that's not good. That's not cool. Why are you so nonchalant about this?" Yeah. yeah, that's sort of the way I assume that they're going to do it, too, yeah. is that it won't, to, to Cersei, it never was rape, and they will act like it wasn't. I, it's good, though, that I feel like the fans are pushing back against this. Even show watchers are kind of like, uh, no, 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 thank you. Yeah, yeah I, mean, like, I mean, it would always be uncomfortable to have a rape scene, but let's say like they had like a Cersei-Robert rape scene or something to have some purpose to it or even even see the, even the danny um, drogo one i mean there's discussion at the time i saw okay in some ways it's more believable that the average dothraki would probably rape and you could never give true consent at that age yeah so that, that was that i mean like the, the fact in the books that the that, that drogo tried always struck me as as like drogo is a very intelligent guy he doesn't want to make an enemy of his wife he's smarter than the average dothraki maybe that's why he's going to be a leader because he didn't want to make an enemy of and i thought that's what it showed but i mean that even that was more believable than like even the change in in season one was more believable than this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
you guys should check out um, on Westeros, uh, Elio and Linda. They did a review of the episode, and they they go into that scene. and And, and I know they're not Cersei like uh, they're not Cersei fans to begin with, but um, they sort of show Cersei. Very uh, show Cersei. Yes, excuse me. They very much break down the episode. They look at. Um, all the physical movements and everything, um, and so it's pretty—it's a pretty interesting uh, discussion they have yeah. about it. Yeah, but uh, the, hey, the thing boils down to—it doesn't matter physical. The, I feel like the physical movements um, during during sex or like a forced sex or, or or whatnot are are one thing, and then what you're saying is completely different. If a if a girl is pulling me onto her and she's like, "No, get off of me," and she's pulling me onto her, I'm gonna be like. Eh, saying no i can't do this well so i mean to some extent that stuff i think it can be explained away by like a different culture or or things like that um or explained away by the fact that that is just their sexual their dynamic dynamic. sure yeah exactly but the fact that you have neither of them you have like overtly hostile movements from cersei at the beginning um moving into at best more ambiguous movements i mean uh, too little too late at that point yeah it's uh and the fact that Jamie is just angry. He's mad at her in that yeah. scene. Yeah, he starts because he is angry at her. He's angry at her. She's already yeah. denied him before, whereas in the books yeah. he's just shown up and she's happy to see him. The last time they interacted, she, she denied him. Yeah. And now he's like not going to take no for an answer. He doesn't care. Yeah, that's a bad place to start from. Yeah. It's a bad place. And, Which is uh, a shame. The scene was the scene was good up until that point. So <laughs> it's yeah. a shame. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I've been reading all these comments and reviews, and I, and I get... I can't believe today we have some some of these comments. Like specifically, I just came across one right before we were, we um, we were recording, and one guy was like, "Well, it it wasn't rape because he wasn't she wasn't beating his chest with her fists." <laughs> and I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" Uh, like, never read the comments. Never read. I, the I comments. was like, I was like, are, are you are you saying that? <laughs> That, that it's okay as long as she's not like no oh like what what is going on in people's heads it was uh, there was at no point where she gave a safe word because let's not be let's be serious here P- there are people out there that are into rape play that are into rape sure. fantasies and stuff and it is a fetish that quite a few people have yeah. but when you that happens when there's two consenting adults they have a discussion they're like hey look i'm into this and um, I would like it to happen. Before anything goes on, she's like, I'm going to say no. You say yes. If I really mean no, I'll give a safe word. Yeah, I mean, you could make up a story where Jamie and Cersei have, like, you know, if anybody says Maggie the Frog, then everybody stops. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if anybody says Valencar, that's when you know it's gone too far. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I but mean, I mean is... that's just a story, right? I mean, like, you can pretend that that's true, you know, and, and that that's how Jamie knew it would be okay is because nobody said Valencar, but... I mean, there's certainly no, you know, evidence or indication for anything like that. No. I mean, obviously, this is strictly book Jamie, but every like they have three, four-ish sex scenes in the book, and the three of them start with basically Cersei saying no, no, or some variation of stop it, and then eventually she'll turn into saying yes. So it's obviously that they're into power play of some kind. I never got the impression from any of those encounters, except for maybe Cersei trying to give Jamie a blowjob in the White Tower or whatever. I never got the impression that any of those instances were non-consensual, that this is just, this is what they do. And in the show, obviously, we don't have that background, and so it just comes off as gross. Yeah, yeah. that's to say that a lot of the TV viewers are, are disappointed by this. It's not just some book viewer change thing. Yeah, so. yeah it, it kind of, 
I don't know. It somewhat surprises me that the the show viewers are as mad about this as the book readers. Because I can understand book readers being like, no, that ain't Jamie. What the hell is going on? But viewers, they have this character that's sort of evolving in front of them. They know nothing else besides what they've seen. And if that character changes his mind and he decides that he's going to rape somebody, like that's kind of the journey that that character in the show is taking. And I feel like this show has done some fucked up shit. And if I was just viewing it, I feel like, oh, my God, I, I can't like him anymore. But that's the character. That's the path his character has taken, and just like watch the show. But as a reader, obviously, I'm very upset because that's not the character we know. Well, they like the character yeah. now. They don't like him anymore. You'd be upset, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. People feel disappointed in Jamie, and I understand that that is the character's journey. But I think there, and who knows what they're going to do with him in the show since they don't classify it as rape. But a lot of people who do see that and see the scene as rape, they're going to feel as if, well, now we're on the rapist redemption story, which is not a, a journey that I think most people are interested, or at least, you know, most educated people are not interested in seeing. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that, like, that's how I would feel if I was a show watcher is like, why should I care anymore about what this guy does? Why would I want to see scenes with him, with Tyrion or Brienne or people that I like anymore? So that is, again, I just want to open a trap door in my head and pour bleach in there and say, nope, never happened. Put it, <laughs> put it in the trunk. So who else do we follow in the story that's a rapist? <laughs> Who's that guy? Tyrion, Chet? arguably. <laughs> yeah, Tyrion. Um, arguably Tyrion's a rapist. Yeah. Uh, Theon, is he considered a rapist? He's I a mean, rapist. I think he probably he, is, yeah. He rapes um, Kyra. Robert. Yeah. Robert. Um, I mean, there are a lot of characters that quite a few of us root for. Who have, I don't uh, think anybody roots for Robert to... <laughs> Or at least like those characters, I think there's a transparency to the kind of to the kind of degenerate they really are that I think isn't really in the show, I guess. Or at least not with Jamie. I feel like the filter that he's f- viewed with is troublingly charismatic. I guess it's it's just it's just such a tough uh, it's such a disgusting subject, and um, I, I mean there's, there's so much to be written on it that basically yeah no, we can't really we've had our say on it probably move yeah. on. Yeah. But. We can't just say things have written on it. This is a yeah. podcast. People listen to hear us talk well, about we it. Said, we said we didn't like it, basically. It's not, it's not like it'd be, yeah, be it's, um, it's disgusting, and I don't know how... Because like, I'm a Jamie fan in the books, and now I don't know what I'm going to think in the show. I just... It's like... Just it's just such cut a it out, taste. basically. Just blank it out. That's a good idea. Just like the, the George... No but, no, but that's even worse. <laughs> oh, just forget he committed this crime. Well, I mean, if if some if at least some of the you know the director or whomever didn't didn't mean it to come across that way, then I think that's all the all the rationale you need, right? It's just that well, that's he fucked up the scene, but you know, it's a bad scene. Basically, this is a right. Create- it's, a, it's a bad scene. It's not. It doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to yeah. you know look more like it did in the book. And mm. but I think the discussion around it and how people and like people who do read it as a rape scene, I think that is something important, and I think it's something that deserves to be discussed but uh like i mean said we've gotten our piece on it there we go so moving on from that we head to the night's watch and all the new raper recruits and <laughs> jamie <laughs> <laughs> no oh let's get off that topic so uh we go through the night's watch yard they're talking about all the recruits 90 percent of which are rapists and um we get the first nickname of sam the slayer mentioned I did not even hear that. Who said it to him? Um, it was 
the bald guy? Mm, I don't know who it was. I wasn't paying attention to who said it. I think but, I missed part of the scene because I went to go find Storm of Swords so I could read the Jamie Cersei scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you need to have the book beside you when you're viewing, so you can, like a yeah. well-worn copy of Storm of Swords. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I did. Uh, I was doing a live tweet while I watched this for the first time yesterday on the podcast account, and um, yeah, they go, "Sam the Slayer, how's your whore wife or whore wildling?" And he was like, "No," um, but I was like, "Sam the Slayer, oh my god, is that the first time?" And a lot of people said it was, so I believed them. Um, so yeah, they said Sam the Slayer, um, and then uh, he goes in, and him and Gilly are plucking some birds, and Gilly's totally into him, and Sam has no game whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, S- Sam is just really worried that um, she's going to be raped, or she's gonna something bad is going to happen to her. Um, mm-hmm. she's, she's so sweet. I like her. <laughs> yeah, they're developing their interaction pretty well here. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the ultimate result of this scene is that Sam gets the idea to take Gilly to Molestown, where she'll be safe. I guess that's pretty much um, yep. this scene. And oh, and we obviously see that Gilly is very much into Sam, <laughs> um, and Sam doesn't know what to do about it. <laughs> she named her kid Sam, didn't she? Is that where we her first hear her call it Little Sam? Yeah. Yeah. But guys, you know, sometimes guys need need some roadmaps, you know? <laughs> she told uh-huh. him she was a wildling. You know what that means. Oh, yeah. She thinks it makes her dangerous. <laughs> She's a lady in the street and a wildling in the sheets. That's what it meant. <laughs> um, there are people that, that were criticizing him for putting her in Molestown. I felt like it, didn't, it wasn't clear either way. My thing was more that I don't, um, I guess I don't understand whose auspices she's at the wall under, right? Like, Sam can't just bring some random chick back and and keep her there, right? And so she must have been approved by somebody who's in some kind of, in charge of something. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's that person's responsibility, you know, to decide is she safe, is she not safe? Um, and, and things like that. Uh, so I sort of didn't like the way it seem, it makes it seem like, which, I mean, I suppose the wall is kind of chaotic at this point without a, a proper Lord Commander. Um, but I didn't like the way it sort of made the, the wall seem like it was just a, a collection of people who were all basically doing whatever they wanted whenever they, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, Sam, you can't bring a girl over again, Jesus, you know, like... <laughs> This guy's night. We're playing video yeah. games. But the wall has always been a dangerous place for women. Sure, exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I just, I'm a little, I, I'm not thrilled with the fact that it was Sam who uh, was the only one who had any sort of responsibility for her. I just don't think the structure of the wall is that nuanced in the show. I don't yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't think most people care either way. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of dudes in black who are you know, doing things. We um, skipped the uh, the hound stuff, though. Should go back and... Yeah, yeah we did. Okay. Oh, my apologies. Um, but uh, since we're talking about Sam and whatnot, let's combine it with the next sure. one with them arriving sure. at Molestown. Mm-hmm. Did anyone um, think that was Osha? That yeah, chick oh, was- uh, someone I was watching with thought it was Osha, yeah. <laughs> There's Rick and he's at Molestown. <laughs> yeah. Me and the other person I was watching with were like, no, what are you, an idiot? But- <laughs> also, for later, somebody thought uh, Laria Sand was uh, Jon Snow in bed. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess I can see it. Nice. Okay, so Molestown's a bit different. It's not underground. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. can do that. But how how in the hell is this place where men 
come to have sex with women any safer for Gilly <laughs> to not have sex? Yeah, especially it's the same. I guess that's the argument. The only argument is that you know they've uh, ridden you know whatever it is half an hour south with the expectation of paying someone, and now there is someone to pay, and so no reason to to rape Gilly, I guess. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's obvious it's the exact same guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling that maybe the like they the whores there can defend themselves. Like maybe they all keep a dagger under the bed or something. Yeah, that so one funny. lady was scary. God, I yeah. think all the women there were kind of scary and syphilitic. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I guess any port in a storm if you're in the Night's Watch, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think Roz was like the the best whore that the North had. You know. <laughs> Yeah, she was ahead of the academy. She like graduated yeah, first. Kind of brought down the curve. Keep exporting your so. talent south, and that's what's going to yeah. happen. You know? They have the brain drain. <laughs> they were brain drain down south. Uh, <laughs> I just couldn't get over it. I was like, Sam, what the hell is your plan? This is the worst plan I've ever seen. Yeah, just the hygienics was so shitty there too. It's like put the baby there. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's sort of like a um, um, you know a, a women bonding. Well, together. they got to set up the whole Molestown subplot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do you think Sam's going to go to Old Town in the show? He has yeah. to, right? I mean, I suppose, yeah. I mean, assuming that there's something going on there in the books and that they're, they're not just going to be like, and then Sam went to Old Town and he was never <laughs> heard from again. Uh, but assuming he does something there, then I will I assume that the show will send him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Old Town is going to make it. Um, okay, so uh, scene we skipped. My apologies, all those are watching while listening to us, which would be awesome. I hope people are doing that. Um, we get to Arya and the Hound, and uh, map discussions about maps and then farmers and stuff like that. What'd you guys think? I have never been more stressed out in Game of Thrones than when the, this <laughs> this entire scene leading up to the dinner thing. I've been to some bad dinner parties with some bad friends before, and this gave me flashbacks. It was really my stomach was a knot. I'm not even joking. <laughs> really? I can deal with people being hacked apart. I can't deal with bad manners at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because you knew he was going to do something awful, but yeah. it just the whole the, that poor guy and his daughter are just just baffled at this gross man pouring slop all over their kitchen and asking for ale. It's awful. Yeah. It was a good scene though. Um, I thought I thought Maisie Williams was playing. Maisie more than Arya though. I feel like I like I almost didn't really recognize the character as Arya. It's like I feel like this is her at press events. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think about that before, but it's a that's actually a pretty good point. I feel it's like her playing a role, which is good for becoming a faceless man, being able to play a role. Nice. I thought it was going to be yeah. her on a vine for a second. I was like, oh, I could see this I'm doing this vine video. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good to see the, the poor folk, the common folk. It was good to get that backstory on the, the seven, but it just like the final conclusion is just, the hound's code is don't rob from the rich, steal from the poor, basically. <laughs> that That's what his code is. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, I don't know if I've ever hated the hound more than I did in this. Um, or at the at the very end of it, I was just like, "Oh God, you are just a despicable person." I mean, he didn't kill the guy. Just hit him. He could have a concussion. But I mean, he, <laughs> there could be there could be unfortunate. Yeah, there's people who are worse than him. There's people who would have taken. Well, I just meant, I just that's that's that, the hound's excuse every time. There's people that sure. are worse than me. Well, I just meant that that you know murdered kids. So you know. yeah, but oh, it's like these people are, are have nothing, and they just they happen to have a bag of silver that they've probably worked. 
I don't even want to know how long they worked to collect that, you know, for a rainy day. And there ain't a more rainy day than what is currently going on in the Riverlands of Westeros. Um, and the Hound just doesn't give a shit. He just takes it. Yeah. Well, it's and yes, just... he doesn't kill the person, but what are they... They're they going to be dead in winter. I feel yeah. like if you're if you're a survivalist, you're like, well, they had it coming. Because that guy was a little too nice to be taking in the stranger. But then again, he was trying yeah. to hire him kind of as a mercenary to... Uh, to defend his daughter. So the Hound has a plan to become a sellsword across the narrow sea. You guys think that would have worked out? Yeah, I mean, I don't see any particular reason it wouldn't. No, they keep name-dropping Second Sons, too. Because he'd get yeah. tired of it and be like, fuck, I'm out of here. No, I mean, he doesn't... I mean, I think yeah, he likes fighting, he likes killing. Yeah. Yeah, but he hates authority. Yeah, He's but the... a sellsword company, you're going to have less authority than he ever did as a... Um, work, as a... What's it called? A subsidiary knight person. I can't think of the word, sorry. A <laughs> uh, bannerman or whatever. Dog. Uh, mm. He's the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> uh, anything else about this one, guys? No, it was fun, though. I feel like as, as much as it pained me, I thought it was also just a funny scene. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was fun. Scene. And I think we're all curious about what the heck they're going to do with the Hound since they're just making this stuff up now. So then we move on to Stannis. Davis. Ah, Stannis. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing with Stannis other than stall. I feel like this well, is the utmost of treading water. I mean, at yeah. least they picked a direction at the end of, of the scene, but still, it's like we were in a hurry last season. You know, you saw something in the flames, and it's like we got back to him this time, and he's just like back to twiddling his thumbs. Mm. Oh, they're being very consistent with Stannis, just making him consistently a shitty character. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm confused why he's so against hiring sellswords when they have when they've hired the Lassini pirates. Uh, I think we I don't forgot. Know. Maybe about it's that. maybe it's yeah. I, I, <laughs> maybe it's just that, that he doesn't have any money, and so he's angry about sellswords and sort of. You know, <laughs> oh, Davos, sour maybe Davos has a good point there too. He's like, we're really new to magic, but we can't pay people. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but we've already comes paid the boss. So. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Davos is just like the middle manager at some awful fast food restaurant trying to please yeah. the boss. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken is beating us out. We've got to do something about it. Yeah. What was Stannis breaking off when, when Davos was naming off those little tiny houses that he... Pieces of a toy boat? I don't... That was? Yeah, it was. I, that's what it looked like. I don't. I still I want that board. Was... I want like, to play the board game on that board. Mm. <laughs> I feel like he was ripping uh, little wooden men off the ship. Uh, okay. I couldn't quite figure out what he was breaking on the little wooden Well, he ship. wanted to clear out the table so the next time he takes Melisandre and it doesn't go up. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> well, maybe she likes that. I don't know. Um, so we get word. Davos and Stannis have gotten word that Joffrey is dead. Stannis' head grows ten sizes when he knows that it was his leech that did it. Yeah. And Gendry is gone, never to be seen again. Yeah. You know, my my pet theory is that Danny next season is going to be standing on the pyramids of Marine, looking out in the ocean, and she sees a tiny rowboat yeah. coming towards yeah, exactly. her. <laughs> well, when I when when it happened last uh, last season, I measured on a map that I uh, one of the Westeros maps, and it was actually just as close for him to row across the narrow sea as it was for him to row. <laughs> From Dragonstone to King's Landing. If he rode all the way from Dragonstone to King's Landing without making landfall, which obviously you could do because there's coast, but if you rode straight there, it's just as close to row across the Narrow Sea. (laughs) The fact that you measured that is one of the geekiest things. Well, I was really annoyed that Davos put him in a fucking rowboat and was like, just go to King's Landing. (laughs) Maybe he got picked up by Littlefinger on the way off. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. 
So, uh, so Davos then heads over to Shireen's room to do their reading lessons. This was adorable. Uh, yeah. She's so cute. One, yeah, of, the best, one of the best characters yeah. of the season. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we have the room things. We have the nigget line, um, <laughs> which I guess is a throw throwback to Monty Python, or yeah, Kurt Nigget. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we had that. Um, I, I love how Davos reads with his moving his mouth. Um, cracked me up. And uh, and then we have he says one of my favorite lines. They're talking about pirates, the difference between pirates and smugglers. And she's like, "Oh, Stan, my dad doesn't think there's a difference." And Stannis says, uh, "Davos has one of my favorite lines in this episode." He says, "Your father lacks an appreciation of the finer points of bad behavior." <laughs> Uh, the whole pirates and smugglers thing was good stuff. Mm. I thought that was a I thought that was a really cool scene. But tell me what what is the result of this? I was a little confused about what he wants to do. He wants to go to Bravos and get a boat. I he think wants, he he wants oh. to borrow money. Yeah. Okay. From the, the whole Iron real Bank. the whole real yeah the whole realization was just that oh my gosh the Iron Bank has tons of money I'm pretty <laughs> sure was the I yeah. thought it was also that I mean Stannis was on the small council I don't even know if that's even show canon but doesn't he know that they're like the crown is indebted to the iron bank so if he levers himself as the one true king that they'll back him which is what happens in dance mm. i feel like oh that's right there's different ways they could do this i feel they might go they might go over there try to get the money they'll get denied then later on yeah. cersei will screw up and then they'll come back and be like hey we changed our mind like that's the, they could do that that would fit the order well rather than accepting him right away but maybe they'll accept mm. him right away we'll see that's right yeah so we're gonna get um, so I mean, do you think Tycho we'll... in the next episode? Yeah, well, maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe not. But but like they they could. It's either they're gonna accept him right now and they'll do make a deal, or they'll deny him. But then later on, when they come to change their mind, everyone will know who the Iron Bank is, which works out quite well, actually. Hmm. What's clear from this is, though, I think we're going to see Bravos first from Stannis and Davos's yeah. point of view, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah, but doesn't, doesn't Davos say that the first sword almost killed him? At some point, yeah, I was yeah. I was actually I was trying to find the line. I think he says he be- almost beheads him, right? Yeah. So was that Serio uh, then at the time? Well, I was just trying to figure out how anybody how the Bravos behead anybody with those swords, but those aren't those aren't really beheading swords that they've got, you know? Yeah. They're like rapiers. Yeah. Well, that's why it was almost. Didn't work. Oh, I got. <laughs> he tried to, but then he realized he had a fencing sword, and you know, <laughs> the whole matter was forgotten. It took a lot of it took a lot of whipping hacks to get yeah. it. Yeah. I'll get our head off eventually. <laughs> so then it cuts to um, a giant ass on the screen. Yep. And um, pans up, <laughs> and we get Alaria and Oberyn in the middle of a very um, crazy sex scene going on here. I think I rewound that part where Oberyn slaps that guy's ass at least ten times. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite part of the episode. Oh, I've criticized the show with sex position before, but in fact, this is the way where they got everything they needed to do. They wanted to get their sex scene in, but they also developed character very well at the same time. So yes, they did it. We sort of get how open. Um, but here's the thing: I, I'm I'm so bummed, and I, I mean, I know we get it later in the scene when they explain that he's has to do with poison. But I feel like they've they, they've they've spent so much time establishing that he uh, is very open sexually, but so little time in talking about how he works with poison. Well, the you- the audience is not clamoring for poison scenes, Kyle. Yeah, so. but, <laughs> but I feel like that's more important in the long run than the fact that he has sex with men and women. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
I guess it's better yeah. better than having. I mean, I guess it's better to have a sexual character having lots of sex on the show than um, um, Littlefinger just telling his whores what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they do. Uh, they did give the poison and like. Right now, right? They did kind of like the backwards narration from Tywin. So they got that. Yes. Um, yeah, so after uh, we have this sex scene where God made this and I like it. Slap. Um, that was that boy good. is really choosy for a prostitute. He won't make up <laughs> Alaria. I thought that was weird. What's he that? Asked, she asked his opinion, though, right? Oh, yeah. she did? Okay. Maybe I, I, didn't, I didn't. She said, don't like it. And he said, no, never had it. Yeah. Yeah, to, I guess. To be fair, he was a little apologetic about it before. Yeah. Yeah. Oberyn got mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get... Uh, so after that happens, uh, Tywin enters through his secret passage. Oh, I'm sorry. No, not through his secret passage. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Uh. Maybe initially through his secret passage. And then... <laughs> well, he had all the gu- oh, guards with him, though. He probably doesn't want to Oh, that's true. That. That's, that's um, he said, I'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. I've, I've seen so many people mention online. I think it's utterly ridiculous. It's like, oh, that whore, when she was leaving, she totally recognized yeah. Tyrion. <laughs> or Tywin, you mean? Yeah. Tywin, excuse me. Yeah, yeah like, that again. What are you talking about? Let's not get ridiculous here. <laughs> yeah. That's cracked me up. Well, wait, so hold Tywin on. Comes well, why is that so ridiculous? Why is it so ridiculous? Because yeah. Tywin doesn't move his eyeballs. <laughs> enters that damn room. There's no recollection. There's no, and it's. Uh, it's I might not remember because it's just it's all the same well, to him. Also that, but yeah, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I, I I don't get it. So you're saying the Tywin record is ridiculous that Tywin recognized her or that she recognized him? I should have never mentioned this. <laughs> this is this is getting too complicated. Right, move on, <laughs> yeah. Complicated. yeah. Yeah. So um, Tywin uh, kicks everybody out and uh, brings up sorry. the poison thing. Sorry to bring to go back again. I just rewatched that little part. I kind of think she looks at him and smirks a little bit. Mm, well, it's a man. It's a powerful man. It's the hand of the king. Yeah, yeah. She I, that's I not. She's forward. not looking at him. She's not looking up. She looks down like. Like, you know, like crotch level and sort of smirks or something. Oh, I think there's something weird. But sorry, we don't we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> but I do th- I do think she looked at him in an odd way. Uh, she was an extra. Extra was just look. I'm making up her own story. <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I know I did it whenever I was an extra. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I don't. So, Tywin um, and Oberyn. Yeah. Tywin talks about ex- or explains to us about uh, Oberyn's knowledge of poison and i'm so pissed this happened after the death but i guess it doesn't matter that much right no not at all <laughs> this whole scene went on forever at least for me but i guess like the because i was like i i didn't understand where tywin was coming from or like what his motivations were for trying to to rope Oberyn is because i couldn't remember in the book what the point of putting him on the trial council was but then i guess his final uh, flourish is that we need you against these dragons that are coming over eventually, mm. which is interesting that that's still on his radar. Yeah, yeah. It's it seems that seems kind of goofy logic to me. I yeah, feel like the only weird. reason yeah. that it's weak. The only reason that the Tornis were able to um, outlast pretty much uh, Aegon coming down with his dragons was that they lived in Dorne and they could just go into the mountains and like caves and stuff yeah. and the dragons they could disperse and the dragons couldn't get to them yeah, that's they not going to help out people yeah, who don't live in Dorne I, right. I feel on a lower level like a, on a simple level it was good because they gave backstory about Dorne and pulled them in like if you want to go really deep level you could be like well yeah the, the, the tactics they used are more specific to Dorne and not elsewhere yeah. well, maybe, and then, but maybe Tywin doesn't know that or whatever but I mean just on a super <laughs> Tywin thinks they have secret dragon yeah. tactics uh, yeah 
yeah, on a basic on a basic TV viewership level, it was great because it tells you more about Dorne. Like it says why they're important, shows that they resist the dragons, pulls them in. Sure. I think yeah, he's just he's trying to get control of a wild card. I got that impression yeah. too. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's the classic keep your enemies close. You know, yeah, or, or keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Um, you have him on the council, and yeah. there's always going to be this. Oh, Dorne's up to something. Like you'll have you'll have a major Dornish player in your house at all times, so you can kind of, you know. Yeah, and it wasn't just the dragons. He me- I mean, the dragons was interesting. He mentioned them, but it was just, in general, the war is going on, so it's good to have Dorn under the loop. But it just, yeah, it seems like he just came here for the wedding, and then the council offer came after in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it. Hmm. Um, so he's going to be on the council with Mace and Tywin, um, and yeah. I actually I really like this scene. I thought, I thought it was a like good play by Tywin, and then Oberyn's considering his options here. And it, just because he, he accepts here doesn't mean he's not going to still try to get his revenge. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Ty, Tywin's pretty much offering up the mountain mm-hmm. as yeah. well. It's like, here you go. I got all this stuff yeah. you want. And there is a theory that's growing slowly that, that Oberyn poisoned Tywin. And there's a big yeah. debate on either side. But it would be interesting if they... I don't think they'll go there. I don't even know if they're aware of that theory, but... It, Ooh, do do tell this theory. Well, uh, broadly, the idea is that he poisoned Tywin, and the like. The reason why he was like in the privy at the time is he was dying from one of the poisons that makes it seem like you're constipated. Mm-hmm. And there's different lines, and there are different evidence that you can go over. But basically, it's saying that he would have died anyways when he was killed by Tyrion. Just making kind of like a ironic thing that he would have died. Does the theory talk about when he would have poisoned him, or it just? Well, the, the one time they had breakfast together, for example, and with Mace Tyrell. There's the opportunities to do so, and especially now they seem to become having this like like deal here. If they wanted to in the show, they could they could do something to make it seem like you're poisoning him. And but I don't think mm-hmm. they're gonna do that. But I just thought it would be interesting. Interesting theory. Yeah. Very cool. It's one of those that you'll never really find out. They're not doing it. <laughs> like it, yeah. it all goes into like you know like what, why Tywin's body was smelled so badly, and then there's different mm-hmm. interpretations. I think Elio's not a fan of it, and then some people are. Like it's just it's there's no way to know mm. really. Very cool. So, so then we move on to Tyrion and Podrick Payne. Sweet pod. A little, up. A little choked up. Not yeah. gonna lie. Sweet pod. Yeah. Uh... I think this is this is strictly though a show Tyrion thing because I feel like book Tyrion would be like no no you're my witness stay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well it's a good way of getting him out of the city but still having that connection yeah get him he has a reason to leave the city but he's still loyal yep yeah we get this very blanket nice guy Tyrion that I don't feel is is very true to the book one we know but um he just seems like this virtuous man just through and through that's the no plan God, for him though do your thing save that's yourself true. they need to have somebody who the, like the viewers well, that, like that's the thing i mean that's why these books are so amazing is because it's not black and white all these shades of gray and then you've got and then i feel like they're slowly changing that and for the show oh, i feel like they've changed for Tyrion, obviously like it's, they're <laughs> setting it up for the fall i think or hopefully they are i mean he goes now, do you, do you think down. he's going to have that scene with the uh, prostitute in, in dance in the show? I don't think he's going to. They're going to do that. I think he will, but I don't think it'll be as horrifying as it is in the books. I think he'll probably just puke on the floor and be like, "Sorry, sorry," and then maybe <laughs> she'll kick him out. It won't be. I feel like it won't be as gross. Hmm. Oh, it was so good. Anything else about touching, this scene? Very touching scene. It's good. Some yeah. people didn't like it, but I liked it. So. Yeah, I think the reason you wouldn't like the scene is the portrayal of Tyrion, right? guess so yeah um yeah do you guys think pod uh, pod is gonna ride out with brienne maybe mm. it makes more sense than just running into her on the road i guess yeah yeah 
yeah, I feel like they're just going to join, or she's going to be heading out, and Padre's going to be like, I'll squire for you. I have good, good references. I was the most loyal squire ever. <laughs> I'm a previous employer, I can see that. Yeah. You know, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jamie's idea for yeah. Podrick to go with Brienne. Yeah, I was trying to think of a way to get Podrick with Brienne. I think you'd have to go through Jamie. Yeah, I think Podrick would be like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. So then we um, we move on to potatoes. Yeah. And, this uh, was a lot of fun. Greg hates potatoes. <laughs> she puts an arrow through that guy's head, and we get a wilding raid. And Katie, you thought it was fun? Do I that. thought that guy, the thin guy, he is having a great time. <laughs> I think he thinks he's on Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> like, the line was so ridiculous. He's like, you see that? I'm going to eat your mom and eat your dad. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's not that much food up north yeah. above the wall. He's got a special recipe. Adorned with spiced peppers. Nice. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet down here. <laughs> People yeah. everywhere. So the wildlings just slaughter this village, uh, which is a common occurrence. <clears throat> uh, I feel like there's lots of wildling raids south of the wall. Often, I was I was sort of thinking about that. I mean, do, in the, uh, there are definitely wildling raids. Uh, do they normally do that, like kill villages? I always felt like they sort of swooped in and stole stuff, and then... yeah, they usually take like the women take stuff. But they, yeah. this is more like a war party now. Yeah, than, exactly. Uh, they're trying to kill. The... Well, I guess they were they would try to kill. Uh, I mean, not, the plan is to lure them out. Yeah. Like, exactly. Normally, they would try to kill them to, to not let them know they're coming. Yeah. But the plan now is to let them know they're coming so they could lure them out and ambush them. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole plan to send to let them know, right? To to get them yeah. away from Castle Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Do the wildlings know that Castle Black is not a fortified mm, castle? I I, I feel like, like from the back. Yeah. I mean, I think that as a as a whole, I mean, like I'm I'm sure Mance knows. Yeah. The thing is, Mance never mentions the whole scenes about going. Like, we don't even do we even know if Mance is a former watch person? Like, is that even mentioned? Uh, yeah, not I'm not um, sure. What's his nuts talked about it? Uh, shit. What's his nuts? Uh, one-handed guy. The uh, the guy. Corin. Corin. Oh, he mentions it yeah, he, on the show. He talks about it. Yeah. Mm. Okay, but the the way they're playing it, it seems like they don't know. That's like, that's going to be the whole reason why they're coming up with this plan to to attack the deserters is because Mance doesn't know. Yeah, I didn't. I did not follow the logic of why John gets freaked out in the following scene because they talk about the deserters are still at Craster's. Mance is going to find them. He's going to find out that there are only like a hundred dudes at Castle Black. But why would that change anything essentially, other yeah. than? They're still going to attack the wall, no matter exactly. how many people are there. It, it, and there's yeah. only one way to get through. It didn't seem like they needed to go out and get those guys. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I was like, why does it? Why does it matter? It's like, oh, there's a, there's only a hundred guys. Well, we were going to attack with everybody, but now let's still attack with everybody. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, I guess he's, maybe they'll delay a little bit longer, and then they can try to get help. I suppose like they might, yeah, they might maybe. attack right away. Oh, They're like, Mance will have everything he needs to destroy us. I'm like, he already does. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're moving into that scene, too. We're at the Night's Watch. Um, and they're planning on what to do. What is, is Gran and Dolores at? Or Gr- so they get back. They've held, been held captive at Craster's Keep. Why were they let go? Like, I, don't I think they escaped. they escaped. Why were they even held captive? I know. They were this sympathizers is a little... to Jon Snow? No, but I mean, why not killed instead of... Why held? The well, last time we saw them, they were fighting, right? Wasn't Gran fighting uh, one of the guys? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, it's like they just killed they just, they killed Lord Mormont. It's like, oh, but Gran and Pip are too nice. We can't. Well, kill well them. they're starting their own little like state there at Craster's Keep. So it's like they got prisoners now. And <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a little convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they're alive though. At least they got some characters we know. And what's <laughs> the point, like uh, story wise, of having them go back to Craster's Keep? Just uh, another revenge Mormon, basically. Yeah. I guess, but John has to get back to the wall eventually to kill Grit and then defend the wall against Mance. So, I don't know, maybe they're just making stuff up for him for this season. Maybe they're just that they don't feel like there's enough material for John. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's sort of what I thought, too. But you're telling me John's going to be able to get to Craster's Keep, fight off all his brothers, then, I don't know, set up a government for all the girls at Craster's Keep? Um, <laughs> no, he'll probably, then, I guess, bring then, them back. Like, well, okay, okay, he gets a bunch of bunch of girls, gets them back to the wall, all before Egret and the Wildling army south of the wall gets yeah, to Castle if, Black? if that kid can run there, like... <laughs> or teleport, yeah, he was like, boom, he was there, holy shit. Well, well, yeah. As long as you're a, a rightful subject of, you know, the Seven Kingdoms, then you can teleport around when you need to. It's <laughs> just the, it's just that the wildlings have to walk, and so it takes them longer to well, get I places. The wildlings are intentionally not going there. They're, they're staying behind is the only answer that can be put there. Yeah, otherwise because they'd be there by now. Because it's true. If the kid can get there, it's yeah. obviously uh, no more than three days, or that kid would have starved to death. Uh, or I don't know yeah. how long. How long go without food? Seven days, maybe? Or water, or whatnot. Um, I'm sure the kid wasn't hunting rabbits on his way to Castle Black. Yeah. Um, but I guess we're supposed to overlook that. We're not supposed to think about that, right? Well, so, I mean, and obviously the wildlings are trying to lure the Night's Watch out. Like, I mean, yeah. so... That okay. They weren't following the kid. Um, so they're not supposed I, to I don't know what they're doing. Wildlings are supposed to be pretty close to Castle Black. I think that they are pretty close. I think okay. that they're just uh, staying away. I mean, I assume, I guess, that they're uh, in the show, that they're um, maybe waiting until Mance... Yeah. E- well, either if the kid can draw the watch out, then they'll ambush them. Yeah. And if they can't, then they'll just wait until Mance is attacking from the front, and then they'll attack from yeah. behind. If you're going with show logic, do they think there's like... A thousand men there, not a hundred. They don't have enough to fight a thousand, so they're just they want to lure them out and then let Mance take them at the castle yeah. while they're lured out. That's the plan. That's like, true. That but Mance is far Mance is probably like what, a month away? Well so, Mance used to be in the Seven Kingdoms, so he can also uh, teleport <laughs> if he needs to. Oh, okay. My apologies. He's, so, no, he's having know, a forced march. Like, he knows where the Stargate is in the north, I forgot. Um, okay. I mean if, if you follow if, if you put if you accept the logic of the show that they think there's a thousand there, then it can all fall together. He was at the state of there. <laughs> Yeah, they're just trying to lure them out. Not uh, even necessarily yeah. fight them. If Does the has the show said how many mans is supposed to have? Ten thousand, I think, or a hundred thousand. I don't a lot. know. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, okay, I don't know either. He's gonna have a big army. I'm just waiting for that shot. That's probably gonna be my favorite shot in this entire season. Is when John's. I just picture this shot of John Snow. John Snow turning. He's on top of the wall. He turns and looks north, and the camera sort of pans up and over him and out, and you just see the wildling army coming. Mm-hmm. Just waiting for that shot. It's going to be awesome. Okay, you said uh, John killing Egret. Did he actually mean that he himself will do it, or he just meant like his leadership or his his command? I think he'll put the arrow in her. I think they've said <laughs> he, he sh- already has. Waka waka. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> she put well. She put three in him. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think that'll be. Uh, I don't know. I guess just in terms of like imagery for the show, I feel like she shot him, didn't kill him. I feel like he's going to shoot her once and kill her. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Because boys are better at shooting arrows. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry when she dies. I really like Rose Leslie. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's a lot more likable, I think, in the show, personally. Um, so then we move on across the narrow sea to Marine and the arrival of Daenerys at the big ass gates. This was a cool scene. I really like this scene. Really Did anyone like think yeah. it was great when she's asking for a champion and everyone's like, Danny, I want to take a ride on your boat. And she's like, no, no, no. T-Pain, step up. You do it. And so Dario <laughs> comes forward. That was. I wish they had taken more time on that shot with the rider charging towards them. Because I was actually looking forward to that shot from the trailers. But mm. yeah, it was a little truncated. But yeah, I felt like this is where some of the money went this season. You wanted the rider to take a full minute to ride towards them? No, I mean, it's just such a gorgeous shot of that camera behind, following behind the horse. And it was oh. really, really truncated. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it was great. It was uh, it was kinetic, which I think sometimes Game of Thrones has a problem with, is getting a lot of energy into scenes, and this was definitely a lot of energy in the scene. It was good. It was good. How are we thinking? How, how are we, now that we're in uh, a couple episodes in, about the new Dario? <sighs> he's, still yeah. Little, yeah, he's still a little bland. He, yeah. he doesn't have that cocky confidence that I want in my Dario. I was I was okay with him, uh, but from the start I was okay with him though. So, like they tried to do it once. Once he like stepped up, he like kissed his sword, and he like yeah. and he winked, and then he kissed his sword, and then he was like, "Yo, what's up?" Um, but it's still not it's it's not right to me. It's 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 not. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. If I cared more about Dario, I'd probably be more upset. But yeah, well, I'm I didn't like Dario book fan. Dario, so I like this Dario. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I really dislike book Dario. I don't think this guy is like book Dario, but mm, it just doesn't bother me as much. Did anyone want to tell Danny to back up? Yeah, yeah no yeah, fucking like joke. You're putting yourself in a huge risk. She's both. she's incredibly lucky that Dario decided to go with a ranged attack because otherwise that guy was just gonna ignore Dario. <laughs> yeah, just take out Danny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, I can imagine being that guy, like, riding the horse and being like, holy fucking shit. It's like, yeah. All I have to do is ride ten more feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I thought Barristan would, at least Barristan would get closer. Everyone's just, like, standing. Imagine if she just got run down there and it'd be like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess that's oh. it for the target. Barristan would have taken uh, The whole army standing around like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we really could have, we really could have done this better. <laughs> This was this well, was even the arrows planning. like they hadn't even tested like how far like those are like no, the they worst, th- they know exactly how far arrows yeah. can go. Just, uh, the arrows <laughs> the arrows can't make it, but apparently she can yell up there for mm. them to hear them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah, they I w- know. I think they know basically how far an arrow can get shot from. But they could have trebuchets and stuff behind those walls, and they're stuck now in that little culvert behind yeah. the mountains. Mm. Right, true. I did like that shot. I thought it was very uh, epic when right after Dario does his thing and they do fire the arrows yeah. and he's literally just standing there and he's like, yeah. I feel like it would have been better if he took his pants down and took a shit instead. <laughs> well, Rip yeah. strong Belwas. <laughs> I think he would have lost some of his charm. <laughs> Seems like everybody's fighting on a full bladder here. They easily just That's what I'm saying. Piss. Dario yeah. was lucky he had to take a piss. Otherwise, yeah. that would have been a lot less dramatic. You know, he would have stayed. Well, well maybe bit. maybe he was counting on them not really being able to see from that far away whether he was peeing or not. He had his he had his water skin. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ready to go. Um, Did y'all see uh, his star up on the wall? Oh yeah, that was his star, right? Oh, yeah. didn't even click. Very nice. Did you see Let the me... epic face palm? Oh, one of the guys did. No. <laughs> it's like, it was good. Um, his dar's up there. Huh? Interesting. He's the Lenny Kravitz looking guy. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Very nice. So then we have uh, Daenerys gives her speech to the slaves 
I love how she just it's so badass. She just completely ignores the the rulers of Marine and the masters and she's just talking to the slaves. And I, I think I just think that's awesome. I think that's so cool. And then they fling over the uh, the buckets full of, of, of bondage gear and, <laughs> and we're left with a cliffhanger. That reminded me of you know, during Cold War where they drop like pamphlets and stuff like uh, Yeah. From airplanes. Yeah, exactly. Like a propaganda. Yeah. Nice. Now, remind me, how does she take Marine in the books? Tunnels. Uh, sewer attack from. Yeah. Okay. She and they, Jorah in. Jorah and that's what they did for Young Kai in the show, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I they guess. did. Yeah, I mean, they have those guys go in. So. Oh my god, I'd forgotten about Young Kai. That <laughs> that whole scene. Yeah. They so they go switched into it around. The... So they took Young Kai with the tunnels. Yeah. And how did she take Young Kai in the book? She didn't she really did. take it. They just kind of just give give in to her demands, and then oh, she okay. moves on. I gotcha. The, yeah, um, that comes back to bite her in the yeah. ass later. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been better if she put somebody in command there, like taking over the city. Nice. And then so they get to Marine, and there's no tunnels because they already did that. So they fling over these. So this is a new this is a new story thing. Okay, gotcha. I get a little foggy on the Daenerys stuff sometimes. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been rereading discussions in the Daenerys stuff, and it, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's not it's not that she just did these things and it failed. I mean, she could have, if she had been a little bit more strategic about it, maybe left like a thousand unsullied in Astapor, it wouldn't have fallen apart. So, like, she wasn't entirely capable in the way she managed it. If she'd managed it a little bit better. Well, of course. I yeah. mean, she's very inexperienced. She also was really pressed to get to Marine. Like, that's what she really yeah. wanted to go after was because of the uh, the bodies that were left for her to find. Mm-hmm. Did the music cue was actually the music sting was actually really good in um, when she says fire and they launch the the catapults. It's the same music cue as when uh, Drogon burns the slaver last season. Mm-hmm. It felt very similar. Um, Obviously, Jakaris is much more of a badass word than fire in Dothraki. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it had that same feel to it. And uh, I feel like somebody eventually, by the time this show is done, will be able to do like a minute-long montage of all her, of all her epic yeah. <laughs> fire. Yeah. Well, they're all they're speaking uh, Valyrian, right? Valyrian, yeah. yeah. Valyrian, I think. Yeah. The Marinese speak Valyrian. Right. They had their own empire, but I think they still speak Valyrian, right? So yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that was a shocking like a knowledge moment. Somebody's gonna get mad, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like Valyrian is still a kind of a common tongue that everybody. Yeah, knows. Valyrian like, everybody, is. A, is everybody a who's tongue. like worth anything knows it. But, yeah, yeah, there's like high Valyrian and low Valyrian. I don't yeah. know what the difference is. It's like a class thing. Altitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there we have it, guys. That's uh, that's a review of Breaker yeah. of Chains. We have anything else? Any other discussions? Anything else? The wall scenes. I like that uh, Alistair and John were getting along in some sort of way. Like it kind of just like they had to work together. I thought that was interesting dynamic. Mm. And they might do more of that. Interesting. Yeah, I guess the first time I watched it, I I guess I was only half paying attention to what they were talking about. But I felt like Alistair was kind of throwing John under the bus. But I guess that wasn't the case. Well, he, he, maybe. I mean, he he's still he's not treating him with respect by that that much. But I feel like maybe they will come to some sort of understanding. I don't know. They could, this is a prediction. It could be way off. Mm. Well, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna happen. Maybe John won't lead the thing to Crasters. Maybe like Alistair will do it, or maybe not. Or I think Alistair might die this season. Yeah. Would, yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe Alistair, Alistair will probably have command of the wall. So when then John gets back from Craster's, the John, the wall is yours, Jon Snow, uh, can happen. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. 
so many balls being juggled. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess next week we have uh, Brian Cogman's episode, I think. I think it rolled Oh, out. I thought you were going to say we have him on the show. <laughs> I was like, wow, I mean, you are stepping right, it up. By the nice. way, no, well, uh, I'd love to have him on the show because I thought his, his episode, Kissed by Fire, last season was perhaps the best, at least the top two of, of last season. What's um, the title for next episode? Is it Oathkeeper? Hmm. That sounds I guess about right, yes. Saying goodbye to Brienne. And let's see, what other oaths do we have? Well, that they could easily get to Craster's and have the fight there, and that's all about your oath, right? Mm, um, yeah, that's a point. What else? Hmm. Think of all the oaths. Davos is probably going to arrive in Bravos. I think Bran is supposed to be in the next episode, too. Hmm. Yay! Going north. <laughs> he knows what direction to go. So <laughs> The same way we were going for the last two seasons. <laughs> yeah, so there we have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks like, for having us. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for, for being here. Um, yeah, should we wrap it up? Are we all done? Nothing yeah, else to talk so. about? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, I think, well, there, just a note, there's still one ticket left for the Ice and Fire Convention, I think. So if you still want to get to that, there's a chance. Go look it up. Especially if you live in Texas. Oh, you can give a ride? Something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there Texas, we go. Texas or anywhere along the road. Michael's giving out free rides. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So thank you guys for joining us. Michael, how can people find you? Our listeners. Uh, I'm on the forums at a podcastoficeandfire.com. I hope that's... No, podcastoficeandfire.com. Uh, as Mordian. Uh, or if you just click on the uh, the thread about uh, the Song of Ice and Fire Convention, Ravenwood Castle, I think something like that is the title of the thread. And uh, I've posted there a few times, so uh, it should be easy to find me. Hey, Katie? Uh, I'm Lady Griffin on the forums, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at APOIAF. Uh, like us on Facebook. Join the forums. Join the discussion. They're always extremely active during the show show months, so definitely partake in that. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Until next time. See you next time. Your brother is dead. Do you know what that means? It means I'll be the next king. Yes, you will become king. What kind of king do you think you'll be? I'll be an awesome king. I think so as well. You've got the right temperament for it. But what makes a good king, hmm? What is a good king's single most important quality? This is hardly the place of the time. Holiness? Hmm. No. Justice? No. Strength? No. Listens to a podcast of Ice and Fire? Yes. A member of House Manwoody? Yes. A really big member of House Manwoody? Yes. Oh, Grandpa, you're such a perv. Yes. Yes. Yes.
right, good timing there too. Oh, excellent. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. It's it's uh, I <laughs> I love it when we have guests. <laughs> so, and do you, do you do you guys both do Vassals of Kingsgrave? Yes. Mm, I mean, yeah, I do. I'm not you know hugely active or anything, but I've done a handful of episodes. Excellent, fantastic. And cool. you guys just had your um, were you both part of the review that came out today? I think it was released. No, okay. I haven't done any of the VOK show reviews. Me okay. neither. They're a little crowded. So. They are, yeah. That's I always. I'm uh, one of the ways I decide to do a, a VOK is sort of like if there's, if, well, if it's something I really, really want, or if, if there's not a ton of people, and there seem to be a ton of people on all three of them. So I just sort of like, eh, you know, whatever. Gotcha. Well, it's great that the, there's that much interest. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. yeah I'm not saying it's bad, no. just that. But I mean, it's almost to the point where they could even do more that people yeah. can do. I suppose, so. yeah. I mean, always asking for more. <laughs> Later this week, though, the VOK Dragon Age episode is coming out, so that's my promotion. Dragon Age? Yep. Talk about how great the second one is? I love Dragon Age 2, and you'll hear Ooh. me go on about it for about three hours. <laughs> really? That episode. Who else on the Dragon Age one? Uh, Alias, Shellfish, and Mad Scientist 21. Cool. Oh, and Varsuvius, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, sweet. Okay. Cool. I'll definitely cool. check that out. Nice. All right, let's see if this thing recorded. So don't delete record. Yeah, the last the last podcast I did uh, was not was not recorded. So. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I'm I may be bad luck. Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> had mine going too. So out of all this, we can do something. Cool. Very nice. All right. Well, we're gonna head out, but uh, thank yeah. you guys again. And yeah, thanks uh, very much. Please join us again. Please do. Absolutely. All right. See you guys later. All right. Take Bye. care. Exactly. Me. Same thing. Katie's still here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't like Dragon Age 2, Kyle? I've never actually played either of them. Oh, okay. It's going with public opinion here. I was, Are you throwing shade at me? I was. Yeah, I was just trying to spark up controversy. That's all. All right, I'm gonna this thing. Thank, thank you, Katie. Have a good one. Done. It's going all right. This is Michael. Yep, that's me. Morty and, I, and Katie. Yep. All right. Hello, guys. <clears throat> And Gales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I say I, I always blanket statement, guys. My apologies. <laughs> um, is Amin here, too? Yeah, I'm here. Can you oh, hear me? Yes. Good. Everybody sounds great. Nice. That's always one. That's always a nice surprise. <laughs> Excellent. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. Sure, absolutely. Always fun. Yeah, this is going to be uh, this is going to be good. I'm sure we've got some some heated debates in front of us on this one. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, I think we've got an hour and a half max, so uh, I think we should uh, we should just jump right into it. I yeah. guess. Um, I might not I might not have to go at an hour and a half, but I just just try to keep it within that. It's also easier to edit if it's like a three hour recording. It's tough. Three hour? Oh my god! Yeah. Well, no, let's hope. Let's yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I got food to eat and naps to yeah. take. I don't. I didn't see anything. Hmm. Do either of you have a recorder as well, or? Yeah, mine's going. Oh, good. Okay, then if we have two. Yeah, I'm still too lazy to have downloaded one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll hit record on mine. That's why you're not working your way up the VOK ranks, Michael. You gotta. Yeah, I think that that is that and editing is the reason. <laughs> editing? What's that? <laughs> All right, let's jump right into it, guys. You ready cool. for this? Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Scorpion. Scorpions. Scorpions. <laughs> well, she's really like crazy and knows like all the anime stuff, so it might be interesting. If... You'd be forced to wear cosplay. You realize yeah. that. You got to give and take. Like, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah. 
I mean is down for cosplay. Got that. Yeah. I'm just saying, she's. She, you're right. She knows everything from anime. She knows everything from anime. There's potential there. Yes. Bastards of King's Grave spawned from the aching loins of a podcast of ice and fire. This is hardly the place of the time. I think so as well. The intersection between a song of ice and fire and everything else. You've got the right temperament for it.